Welcome to Evolutions of Astrology. This is Dina DiCastro. On this episode, I talk with astrologer and human design counselor Hal Barr. We'll look at several human design charts of celebrities and talk about the connections between astrology and human design. Well, it's been a while. I realize that. I've had about three people in the past week say that uh, it's time for me to get back on the pod horse, as one listener put it. And uh, so I'm back. And this is due to some prodding, but also a strong desire to get back to it. And I'm happy to have with me today Hal Barr, who is an astrologer and friend and colleague. And he's also a human design counselor. And human design is a a bit of a mystery to me. I've really tried to wrap my brain around it. And probably as some people feel very uh, confused when they look at an astrology chart with no astrological knowledge, I feel just as mystified and overwhelmed when I look at a human design chart. It's all just Greek to me. So I recognize the astrological symbols, but as far as doing any kind of interpretation, I, I really wouldn't know where to begin. So it will be great to talk with Hal, and we'll have plenty of sample charts to work with. We have five celebrity charts that we're going to be working on. So I hope that you will enjoy my time with Hal Barr. So welcome, Hal, to Evolutions of Astrology. Well, thank you so much for having me on your incredible podcast, Dina. Well, thank you. And uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, We've known each other for about a year now, and uh, you and I had met up through email exchanges and uh, just getting to know each other that way and as having a common interest in astrology. And then we kind of did a reading trade and um, you generously actually offered to do my human design reading last year uh, when I was going through a bit of a tough time. So um, I thank you for that. And I really have enjoyed our relationship so far. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you. Yeah, well, you you are my absolute, um, both my partners and my absolute favorite astrological voice. And, and while you and I have only been corresponding and, and sort of been in touch with each other over the last year, I've actually been aware of you quite a bit longer because when I found your podcast, I just ate it up because I, I love um, not only um, the, just the quality of the way you speak, but the content of what you have to say about astrology and the way you're, well, it's that Gemini part of you that is so open to exploration with, with the guests you have on. Um, you're just an incredible um, asset for people to connect to. And, um, and I love you for that. So there you Well, go. thank you so much. And uh, yes, I, I need the positive uh, encouragement and reinforcement. As I said at the beginning, I have been not doing podcasts for too long now. <laughs> so hopefully get back on the horse and this is getting me started uh, once again. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to talking about human design today. And my Gemini ears are perked up because I know nothing really about human design except for the reading I had from you, which was wonderful. Uh, and even during that reading, you know, I kind of had to let go of the language part and 
just let the information uh, wash over me and not not stress so much about trying to understand the lingo. So now I really know how people feel when they're getting, you know, an astrology reading from <laughs> me. Right. It's like the whole lingo thing. You got to be yes. careful. But you did a good job of, of translating uh, the lingo to something I could understand. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully today we'll do more of that and uh, translating this human design lingo. So uh, the audience can understand. And we've also got several celebrity charts to look at, which will be very fun. Um, so let's just dive in. I'll, I'll jump in with a question about what uh, what drew you to human design in the first place and how, how did it link up with your astrology experience? Okay, well, so, you know, I, I've been a professional astrologer for years and, and actually from the time I was a kid was completely drawn to um, myth and archetype and, and and that whole bit. I, 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 I actually did, used to do um, astrological and tarot readings for people when I was a teenager. And, um, and then, and then I, I met a, a, a wonderful, incredible um, human, and, and we, we, we went off on a 27-year creative journey together um, where, where I kind of dropped all that. And um, he died a few years ago, and, and that, that brought me really strongly back into astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then an interesting thing happened um, as a result of that life change. Um, the, the two of us energetically were extremely powerful, and we had this, we, we had this um, 80-acre off-grid organic um, um, ranch in Northern California, that, um, and, and we did all kinds of community dance and theater, and, and we, were, we were quite sort of a, one of the, what you might call a you know, sort of power couple. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when, he, when he died, I actually found it was like the way I was used to just manifesting things in the world, it suddenly, was, it, it suddenly didn't work the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I found myself getting increasingly frustrated with how how I was working with my own energy. And I couldn't really find an explanation for it in terms of, you know, my own astrological chart. I mean, I've got this huge, I've got eight zillion planets in, in Scorpio all yes. together in the second house. It's like, it, you know, <laughs> should, have, should have just been going on the same way it had been. Yeah. Um, and I ended up being guided. Well, first I, I dove into Mayan uh, the whole Mayan um, astrology, and then through a reading I got through through um, this incredible Mayan astrologer Claire Coriel, um, I saw there was a tiny, in tiny print on one of the pages of her website was this calendar that she had put out with this guy whose name was Christopher Emmer, mm-hmm. and I saw this guy's name, and somehow I I just I saw that name, and I was like, oh my god. I have to get in touch with this person. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, you know, who he was or what he was about. So I, I Googled his name, and lo and behold, he had a website. And I, I went to his website, and he did, um, he's a psychic intuitive, but he also works with, he worked with a version of the human design system where he put the Mayan archetypes into a person's human design and it was called cos- the reading was called a cosmic design session. Hmm. And I saw this. Uh, well, first of all, on his site there was an example of a human design chart, 
and I saw this chart, and I had more than a mental recognition. My body had a recognition of this imagery mm. that was very powerful. And so I, um, I arranged to have a cosmic design session with him, which I guess was something he has, he has clients all over the world, but uh, apparently no one ever books a cosmic design session just out of the blue with him. <laughs> they usually approach him through his other avenues of, of, of what he does. Right. Um, so he was, he, was, he was mystified, sort of mystified how I've gotten in touch with him. But in the process of having this reading with him, the level, when, when he talked about, you know, my basic human design and sort of some of the most basic ways that my energy was set up to run, well, it became a complete explanation of why my life was, why my feeling of, of you know, my energy wasn't, it wasn't working the same way it had been. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and the reading was this sort of combination of, revelation, you know, and a, and a type of revelation I would never have gotten through an astrological reading because human design will bring up a whole different set of, of, um, of aspects, although they almost, it always correlates in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, n- not only was it this revelation, but it also was sort of, I found myself laughing through most of the reading because it was almost like wish fulfillment. I was like, Oh my God! You mean I'm really not supposed to be just like pounding away, trying to go out there and make things happen? I'm I'm actually supposed to like sort of find stillness in my life and let things come to me, so that I can respond to them, and then I go out and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that was and it was a very basic, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's sort of one of the most basic aspects of of a person's human design chart is sort of whether they're whether they have a design to just do, do or whether they have a design to wait in some way to be before, you know, doing things. Right. And, and that's, that's some of the terminology that I recall from the reading, like manifesting generator and yeah, those, right, those right. terms. You and I are both manifesting generators, which okay. is actually one of the, one of the, one of the more confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Because yeah, we have we have a little bit of that that um, hurry up and wait kind of of um, energy. Yeah, I feel like that a lot. And, yeah. and so we actually have have a much more. Um, you and I both share a trait where it can it can be this thing of sort of second guessing ourselves a lot, or 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 going forward and then and then pulling back and then going forward again. Mm-hmm. Where other people's you know the 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 majority of other charts are energetically sort of an easier setup where it's more clear about, no, I, I really, I really have permission not to do, you know, to this wait and let things come to me and, and respond to them. Or I'm one of these people that I just go out and make things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's a manifester um, um, kind of, of chart. And, and of course my partner um, at who I've been with for 27 years was a manifester. So and and before that, my mother's also a manifester in this exact same way that my partner was. So I really had been used to, for the vast majority of my life, working around this manifester energy, which I just thought was my own. Because there is, uh, you know, in my chart, there is also a, a manifester side to it. So I'm very familiar with being able to just make things happen. Um, but it's sort of like for most of my life, I had ridden. 
I had actually been riding in a car with these people. These uh, the, Only about 10% of the population are set up to be manifestors where they just really go out and make things happen. And, and they trigger people and events and, you know, sort of, they sort of get things going and then they go on to the next thing, you know, leaving um, either progress or turmoil in their wake, depending on how they're working with it. Mm-hmm. Well, so as I'm, as I'm getting it, you know, as I understand that some of that terminology now, um, those terms really describe in a way how we are wired yeah. to, to operate in the yeah. world. And of course, we know people are different. Um, and it doesn't, you know, things don't work the same for everyone. And, yeah. you know, some people work very, very hard and have trouble getting anywhere. Yeah. Uh, some people could lay back and do not very much from the world standpoint, and things seem to just, quote, come to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so this, does human design then speak to that? It Absolutely, it does. And, and also, you know, there is an aspect of this, you know, as I've, as I've gotten deeper and deeper into human design, because, of course, after this initial reading, it was so revelatory for me and so incredibly helpful on a really practical basis of how do I run my life and make my decision that I, I, I immediately embarked on, you know, how do I learn as much as I can about this? How do I become certified in being able to, you know, add this into my astrological readings? Because I find that's incredibly, for me, the most powerful thing is when you have a human design reader who also knows astrology or when you have an astrologer who also knows human design and can put them all together, mm-hmm. you've got this a, a, a amazing array of information and tools at your disposal. Yeah. So one of my sort of one of my campaigns um, in you know whichever camp I'm 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 cur- you know whatever crowd I'm currently in with when I'm with the astrologers at an astrological conference I'm always like pushing you know you really should find out more about even just the basics of human design would would really fire up your readings, especially sometimes when you do readings for people where their astrological chart would say one thing to you, and yet that's not really what's happening hmm. in their life, or that's not, or it seems like that's not quite how it works for them. So, what kind of what specifically are, I guess, for lack of a better word, the missing pieces? Um, that astrology has that you that you see human design kind of filling in okay well well so so for me you know astrology is very much um it is working with the archetypal imagery it's 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 very much um it very much keys into psychology um um the the psychology of the person um the 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 timing of events um, and human design is actually much more it really is in a profound way looking at our DNA um, and so and so we're looking at our our how our energy how we re- are really wired to run our energy mm-hmm. so um, and and where that and you know what genes are activated or you know what's working can have of course it will have a person personality and sort of psychological impact um, but that's not its um, I would say that's not its 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 real main purpose 
And, and one of the, you know, for me, one of the really interesting things when I started studying the system, because this system is, it's, so first of all, it's, you know, it's, it's a system that got channeled through in 1987. Um, and, and it's a fusion of um, astrology, the chakra system, the Kabbalah in terms of um, like the branches of the tree of life, and, and the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching. Mm-hmm. And, and a very interesting thing about the I Ching is that so the I Ching is made up of, it's 64 hexagrams, six lines each. Well, not that many years ago, scientists discovered as, as humans, we have 64, um, um, ge- we have 64 genes made up of six base pairs. Hmm. And so, and, and there are people, there are scientists that have actually, scientists that have no idea of human design who have written books and papers um, about um, the correlation. They're starting to actually look at the correlation between the I Ching and the, even the way the hexagrams look and our genetic markers. Because when you do a, if you do a DNA swatch test on something, the swatches that come out, they come out as hexagrams. Wow. <laughs> and there's, there's actually a woman, um, Katya Walter, wrote this incredible book that's called The Tao of Chaos. And, and she knows nothing about human design. And she's a, she, she came from the scientific world, and she, she was trying to disprove the I Ching. And of course, in trying to disprove it, became became an incredible advocate of it because she 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 couldn't in in trying to disprove it, she proved it for mm-hmm. herself. And um and so she's brought chaos theory and and the I Ching and our DNA all together into this incredible book. So that's a great resource for anyone that's that's interested. And and um and so there is this way that that these these I Ching hexagrams actually relate to um, um, DNA and and to to genetic compounds. So it's pretty pretty amazing. So so that's kind of a piece that astrology does not connect to the DNA yeah. piece. Yeah. Uh, and how do you see that? How did I guess how did human design come to that uh, connection? as you understand it from, well, you know, the channeled information. Yeah. And so, so this is just purely about a guy, you know, uh, a, a guy who was sort of in a, in an, in a place, a very tenuous place in his life, this Canadian guy who had been, who had been a very creative uh, advertising executive and making music videos and stuff. And he had run into a dead end in his life and he was off on the island of Ibiza, you know, and sort of, you know, not knowing what he was doing with his life. And, and one night he came home from the pub and, and basically, as he tells it, you know, ran into this energy field that was in his house that laid his, house, laid his dog out on the threshold of his door and basically sat him down at the table and, and forced him. He, he was caught in this energetic field for eight days and nights having to draw this system out. Hmm. And, and, so, and so there is this, you know, there, there is this whole channeled side to what came through that doesn't have a, 
it doesn't have an explanation behind it of why is this like this. Right. As, as is the case with much channeled information. I mean, we have the Sabian symbols in astrology, which right. are channeled. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those more esoteric things, I think, sometimes are harder for people to, even astrologers, you know, to take a leap and believe in yeah. or to, to take a risk on. Yeah. Uh, but there's some, <laughs> I would I would challenge that and say there's so much in astrology that we kind of take on well, faith too, you know. <laughs> when, and, you know, when you, when you say that, what comes to mind is my friend Caroline Casey, one of her favorite things to say is, believe nothing, consider everything. Yeah, that's great. That's and exactly so, it. And so I would say, and for me with human design, I can't say, I, I'm really coming at it from a place of, it's a, it's a place of exploration for me. So I don't have a lot of beliefs in it, but it's, it's very interesting how it seems to work. <laughs> well, that's the, the deal. I mean, for me and for you and for many other uh, astrologers and counselors, it's about what works in the consulting room. Yeah, and, uh, and the, what what brings results and yeah. yeah. And so and so what's happened, you know, what I what I am very aware of is what's happened for me with clients where I have brought their human design into a reading and said, you know, just just the the most because human design is a multi-layered thing you can get so you know, you can get so deep into it. And yet some of the most superficial aspects of it can be the simplest and most powerful things for people to work with that actually sort of changes their lives. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that's, you know, that it continually amazes me. And, and, um, and of course, because that was my own, um, my own experience with it, you know, since, since I, since I came into contact with it, the way I operate, the way I make my decisions is very much different, and I gotta say, it's been pretty magical how how life is working out for me. Um, wow. You know, I would say I would not say any less challenging than than it, life. You know, it, life always has its challenges, but I definitely have a much clearer way of of, of making decisions and, and working with stuff. So, does human design have something akin to transits and progressions? It um, does. Okay, great. So yeah. you can do forecasting and looking at the current trends. Yeah, you can. You can definitely look at. There's, you know, there's a solar return in human design. There are transits that happen. Um, you can also. One of the things that I've really been playing with lately is the whole. Um, you know, you can also sort of do, sort of mundane forecasting around. Um, so. You know, not only is has Neptune come into um, uh, Pisces, but Neptune is is also in um, in the human in human design is in the um, uh, hexagram of of um, it's it's been in the hexagram of of desire and is moving into into the hexagram of abundance. And so, so, you know, we can say lots of things about what Neptune coming into Pisces might mean, you know, um, for individuals and for the planet. Mm-hmm. But you can also talk about, well, you know, th- then, there's this, then there's another layer of meditation where what does it mean when Neptune co- goes into, you know, is, is traveling through the hexagram of, of um, desire? Or, or, and so it's like for the last couple years, 
I think a lot of us have really been playing much more with um, with these these our our idealizations and illusions about um, what what makes us happy, and and having to come into having to uh, and through maybe a process of disillusionment with the old stuff, having to find new things. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that now it's heading into this whole hexagram of abundance. And both of these hexagrams are in the solar plexus or the emotional center of the, of the chart. So, so it's like, you know, Neptune is really working with the world in a very strong energetic way in the way we experience um, emotion. And, and where do we find, you know, what's, what's about to be happening is, you know, where do we find abundance? Mm. And, and, um, and that's, you know, so there, there's, there's this whole, um, it just provides a whole another layer of, of things you can look at, which, I, which is fascinating to me. Right. So you can be, and I listened to your um, podcast interview with, with Benjamin Bernstein, which was great. Yeah. And uh, that in that you did a forecast for April, yeah. which would be great for people to go back and listen to. And I, yeah. I heartily recommend his podcast. Of course, he's he's awesome. And yeah. um, that was a really good show. I think it was April, I want to say the 6th. Yeah, I think it was show 206. Yeah, that, that brings about so. Archives. And that, that actually gives a very much more detailed description of human design itself. And, mm-hmm. then, and then really went into you know, I really want, with him, I wanted to talk about what are the outer planets doing, you know, that way. I think with you and I, we're really going to talk more about nuts and bolts of how does it work with people and, and charts. Right. Well, we'll dive into that here. And, uh, but yeah, I just, I wanted to point people back to that because it's, I listened to it and it was uh, fascinating, you know, from May to go back and listen to what you said about April, because actually it's pretty bang on. Was it? <laughs> You're like, was it? Yeah, I always say well, you that know, too. When I do this stuff a lot, it's for me, for, well, you know, my human design, I have a completely, the, the crown and Ajna are completely open for me. So when I'm really working it right, mm-hmm. it just is sort of channeled through me. And I don't usually actually know very much of what I say afterwards. <laughs> no, I hear you on that. That's, that happens to me sometimes when I write my newsletters. Uh, but yeah, it, what you had said that stood out for me was uh, looking from the human design perspective at April, this sense of shock and, you know, kind of a shock and awe kind of a thing, a shocking events continuing. Um, yeah. And at that time, you know, early April, we're like, well, how much more could there be that the earthquake had happened uh, in March? And at that time, I, I really couldn't foresee, you know, gosh, could we be having more earthquakes or what's going to go on? I, we couldn't have foreseen the tornadoes. Yeah. And that was really literally what ripped this country up, you right. know, last month. And now, you know, it's happening again. And um, so that was that kind of uh, event you described that at the time I really would have been skeptical, you know, to think that more was coming. Yeah, well, and even, you know, last month was so unusual because for an entire month, we had a whole channel defined, and it, and, and it, it was the, 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 a channel going from the heart chakra, which in this system, the heart chakra is actually about ego and willpower, um, and not about, you know, love. Um, and and it, it, was, it was defining the channel between the heart chakra and the um, G center or the self center, the center of purpose and direction. So those two centers were turned on for the entire world. So the entire world was 
not only were we having, and it was through this channel of sort of a, a channel of, it's, sometimes it's called the shaman's channel, it's this channel of initiation, and, it's, and, it, and it, it, it connects the hexagram of shock in the heart to the hexagram of innocence in the self-center. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where Uranus is hanging out for a long time in this, in this hexagram of innocence in, mm-hmm. in the self-center. And so, you know, one of the things about Uranus is that it is strongly encouraging all of us to really be more than, more than its usual job of, you know, be authentically yourself. Um, it's the, the entire world is, is coming to this place of, you know, the, sort of innocent, innocent being. Um, and, and being initiated into it through these shocking events. And so I think not only was it happening in outer events with earthquakes, tornadoes, you know, um, financial things happening to people, but I think that, you know, for everyone I know, knew, know on a personal level, there was all kinds of stuff going on for people in how, do, how am I running my willpower and my ego and where is it taking me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I just thought last month was, I, I'm so happy that, you know, this month is like, okay, we get to take a breath. Because last month, it feels like so many things got initiated. And I think a lot of us sort of got pushed into new, you know, moving into a new place in our consciousness in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's an accurate description of kind of the flow of, of what's been going on and, and feeling that. Well, do you want to dive into some charts now? Yeah, well, so, so, you know, so one of the things uh, I'll say, and, and what I was going to say earlier, and I didn't quite get to it, is so <clears throat> human design, you know, this guy channeled this stuff through. Um, the, the, I have to say this man who channeled the stuff through was um, my, just my opinion of him is he was, he, um, he's a highly flawed individual. And, and so there was the actual information he channeled through. Then he spent years afterwards interpreting it. Um, and I have to say, I, I don't resonate to most of his interpretations of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really was like, it, it almost was like he came through with a sort of medieval astrology. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of, the, some of the meanings he gave to some of the channels was like, okay, well, I can see how that could be you know, that might be a, a lower vibration or a dark side part of that, but what about, you know, how about, what can't it work this other way too? Because mm-hmm. that's my experience with the people I deal with is that, you know, it, there, there are many other ways that it deals with him. He kind of limited things. Um, yeah. And, and, so, and so one of the things is that he, he gave these different energy types labels, and I am not very attached to labels and yet, at the same time, they, they can be convenient in a certain way. So there are these five energy types, which, which I, I use the labels, but I also want to you know, sort of put this caveat on, just because this is your label, every, we are all unique. We all work with that energy in completely unique ways. And, and where the actual, you know, what planet is in, what hexagram completely alters, um, um, how that energy runs. So it's it's not um, it, you know it's it's not this one size fits all thing. And so it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but it's also one that will that that works on a on a on a in an introductory kind of way. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, so there, there are five energy types. Um, there are, are manifestors, which that's like 10% of the population. That's really manifestors. That's who we were all taught to be <laughs> in American society. Uh-huh. Go out and make it happen. Yeah. Um, and yet only 10% of us are actually sort of genetically wired to do that. Mm-hmm. So here we have, you know, 90% of the population is sort of confused or in misery in some way because it's not working the way we were taught, you know, we were taught that it's supposed to work for us. And, and in some part of our lives, most of us have to step back and say, well, I have to figure out how this really works for me. But so 10% are manifestors. Then there's um, actually about 70% of the people have, um, if, the, if the sacral center, um, which is the generating center in the chart, if that is defined, then you're, you're a generator type. And there are, there are two different kinds of generators. They actually make up about 70% of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ones that have that sacral defined, but none, uh, but it doesn't, the, the motor, this uh, motivation energy doesn't actually go all the way to the throat. Um, they're, they're just a, a pure generator type. Um, and then there's there then there are ones like you and you and I where we have that sacral center defined, but we also have one of the motivational centers hooked up to the throat for expression. So there's a manifesting side to us, mm-hmm. and we're manifesting generators. Then there are people that don't have any um, don't have the sacral defined and don't have a motor um, hooked up to the throat. They're projectors. That's um, again about. 15, 17% of the population. Um, and they're really sort of here. I often think of them as energy management people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're oftentimes the people that are, that are sort of the, they're great counselors, guides, great management. Mm-hmm. And then there is an extremely rare type, um, less than 1%, um, that don't have any centers defined that are called reflectors. Mm-hmm. That are basically here to sort of, um, it's it, they're they're basically here reflecting reflecting our experience back at us um and it's and it's usually when you have centers that are defined or turned on and hooked up you know those defined centers are sort of running their own program so you know that's they're hooked up they're doing their thing they're 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 slightly impervious to outside influence mhm um, then we have places in our charts where we have centers that have hexagrams that are, are activated, but they don't make a connection to another center. So the center's not turned on. It's called undefined. Well, those centers are the places that are always reaching out to make a connection to other people. Those are the places where we're learning things, where we're connecting with other people, um, and where we're sort of, you could look at it as the place where we're really vulnerable to taking on conditioning. Because we're because we're asking for that in a certain way, that's where we're gaining wisdom. Mm-hmm. Then there are centers that are completely that have no activations at all. They're completely open. Um, one of the things that that I've kind of brought through around this with my partner is that these open centers are actually it's not that they're not functioning, but it's not it's that they're they're not really keyed into 3D. They're they're much more keyed into they're sort of working on the etheric levels. Um, and, and so 
they're not very involved in what's happening here, but it doesn't mean that they're not working. Mm-hmm. And those, those centers, the centers that are completely open, often will just, when people encounter someone with an open center, whatever that center is, that person will then have a, a profound experience of their own stuff coming back at them. Right. Which, of course, they can decide is the other person doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's usually how it works. But if you actually know human design, you can have these amazing experiences where you go, oh, this is really, you know, so my partner is, has a completely open heart, and I have a defined heart. So, you know, um, um, I'm here to work with, um, you know, I'm really here to work with, on 3D with ego and willpower. And, the, and how does that, you know, how does the expression of that work? where his is completely open. So in our relationship, um, I will sometimes get just knocked flat by my own stuff, my own ego and willpower stuff just getting bounced right back at me mm-hmm. from him. And, and, and it's only since I've been with him that I've had a real sense of, you know, the places where I can be very overpowering with people. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's been educational in that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so there are these different types, and we might as well just, you know, dive into. Um, so, I, I think maybe what we should do is, is look at a, someone who's a manifester chart, and then okay. as we do that, well, I'll sort of give an explanation of, of what what the chart, it, you know, what we see on the chart itself. Yeah. So, so our manifester is Al Gore. Yep. So, um, and, and Al Gore has, has many, there, there are many things here that people will probably chuckle about. So, <laughs> so Al's chart, um, so in the first thing in, in the human design chart, there are nine um, energy or chakra centers, a little bit different from what a lot of people are used to. It's sort of like there are two, two new ones or extra ones. Um, and, and going from the top down, the very top chakra actually extends out of the body and is the crown chakra and is sort of the center that's, that's um, bringing in um, inspiration, things from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then the center just below that is, is the ajna or the mind center, which is then, you know, focuses that inspiration and coalesces it into thought. And that's the one that's green as that's I'm, green. I'm looking at. So, the, yeah. so on, if it's defined, it, mm-hmm. you know, so if it's colored in. So... So Al's got the whole top part, the whole top half of his chart is is turned on. So he's got the he's got the crown chakra turned on. It, it connects to the mind center. His mind center connects down to the throat. The throat center in this system is is the center of manifestation, whether it's in words or deeds. And basically, every center in the in the in the body is trying to work its way to the throat for expression. So, so Al has this connection, um, and and the the crown Ajna connection he has is this logical logical thought connection. So this guy is an incredible logical thinker, mm-hmm. and and yet when it comes out to the throat, it comes out to the throat through this this highly individual channel, um, which is which I like. I actually like the label on this one. This channel is called the genius to freak channel. <laughs> and, and it's called genius to freak because basically if you've been invited, 
in to give your expertise and people are ready to hear it and you're in your right timing, you come out with this stuff and people go, oh my God, that's brilliant and it, it changes people's lives. Yeah. On the other hand, if you just blurt it out and you haven't waited to, you know, sort of get the invitation to, to have it be brought forth, you, people go, oh my God, that, that guy is a total freak. <laughs> <laughs> Which he has so, been you know, definitely. Think about um, how many times Al Gore has made statements where it has gone one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely. It's, it's, it's it's a highly individual channel. So what comes out of his mouth is like you know it it's it it's designed to be you know individual and mutative. So the 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 other little twist with Al's chart is that. And one of, the, one of the interesting things about human design, human design gives two different sets of readings. Um, there is, when you look at a chart on the right side, there's a whole list of, you see the glyphs for the planets and all these numbers all in black. Right. And so the black part is the conscious, um, the conscious side, what we would all be aware of in our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can look at it, too, is it's, it's sort of here are, are the agreements that we've, the conscious agreements that we've made to come in and work with. Right. And when somebody looks at one of these charts, you'll see like the glyph for the sun. And then with Al, it's, there's a glyph for the sun and then it says 21. And then there's a two, sort of an uppercase above it. Well, that means that his sun is in the 21st hexagram of the I Ching and the second line of that 21st hexagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. So each hexagram spans not quite six degrees of of solar arc. Gotcha. Um, so so there is a conscious side. Then on the left hand side, there's a there's a whole other reading of the unconscious or inherited characteristics, and so these are things that we've that have been brought in genetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and often these are the it's the unconscious. It's the things we're really not aware of, although maybe the things that people around us are extremely aware of because <laughs> we're constantly manifesting them and not being, you know, and being totally unconscious about them. Right. Um, and and so, so it's interesting to me because in Al's chart, this whole channel where he expresses what goes on in the mind is completely unconscious. So this guy, one, on, a, on a sort of superficial level, you could say this guy gets up and a lot of times he's not even aware of really what's coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So how many times did Al Gore say things and then, you know, had people come back at him with, you know, well, how could you, you know, how would you say that? And he would sort of get caught short. Yeah. Maybe that so, lockbox comment was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's an interesting setup for a politician to have because it, yeah. it does sort of say, you know, this is somebody who opens his mouth, likely to open his mouth, not always when he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the genius freak thing, I can see where both the genius and the freak um, connect to me for a Uranian kind of signature. Yeah. Uh, and being both of those, if, if we even want to call them archetypes, are kind of about being ahead of your time and either being judged well for it or judged harshly for it. Uh, And he's definitely been both and has always been. 
ahead of the curve. I mean, if you he was doing this work back in the seventies when yeah. it was definitely not even on the radar, uh, and you know, for better for worse. I mean, he's he's still considered by about half the world to be in one of those categories. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and this is this is the gift and or the burden that everyone who's got individual circuitry hooked up in their chart, especially when it hooks up straight into the throat, carries with them because this individual circuitry is here to mutate what is going on and bring people into something new. Mm-hmm. And so and oftentimes people get brought into thing into new things kicking and screaming and they're not all that happy with the person that took them there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's a great example of a uh, manifester. Yeah. So and and again, you know, he's so he's got the the heart which is is, you know, is there are four there are three motor centers. Mm-hmm. Um, the heart which is willpower, ego, the solar plexus, which is the emotional center, and the root center at the very bottom, which is sort of survival pressures. These are, these are the motors. If any one of them hooks up to the throat, that's a manifesting condition. So Al's got the heart going straight to the throat. So, so this guy is a willpower, ego manifester. Uh, you know, be- brilliant um, description of a politician. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and in fact, that's where his conscious son is actually there in that heart center. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and his, his conscious son is actually in the hexagram of control. So, you know, anyone who looks at this guy, you know, for much of his career, you would say this guy exerts a lot of, he is a pretty buttoned up character. Yeah. And has ex- tried to exert a lot of control in terms of, you know, how he, what he, how he presents things. Right. And, and where it gets expressed out in the throat is, is sort of the voice of the king. So, so as a politician, he, he is brilliantly set up to, to be able to express where resources should be um, spent. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy, this guy was absolutely set up to be, he could have been a brilliant president if it was what he really wanted. Mm-hmm. And if he had really wanted it, if he had, if he had wanted it and spoken up at that point when the election was in doubt, there's no doubt in my mind he would have become president. Yeah. But there's also another thing going on for him around needing to his his Chiron theme is is a theme that is very much about needing to. Um, take care of the collective in some way. Mm-hmm. And so on some level, he had a realization that um, he wanted to, he, he didn't want to exert only his ego and willpower, and it, it, it wasn't really the thing for him. Yeah. And so, and so he is really the one who let the election go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think a lot of people feel that way, too. Yeah, and, that, and, it's, and it's perfectly set up in his chart. Yeah. And, and then the other interesting thing about him, the last thing I kind of want to say about him is his emotional center is completely open. Um, and, and Hillary Clinton is another one who has the center, the emotional center completely open. So, you know, would you say that these two people both kind of strike you as sort of cold in a certain way? Absolutely, yeah. And yet they're able to, if they really have to, they can play an emotion. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but there is still that question in your in in our minds when we look at it is now is that really is that real or is that Memorex? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that's an interesting you know and, and it really is it's not that these people are you know cold but they actually are you know that center is not really it's not really engaged in the processes of 3D. Well, yeah, and that that makes a lot of sense to me because you can see the emotion coming through in certain instances with both of them, yeah. but it's rare and you notice it when it happens because it is so rare, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense that that's, it's not that it's not there. It's just yeah. not very visible most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So, so, that's, so, so he's got, you know, so here he's got this chart that's really set up to, he is somebody who is absolutely set up to go out, meet people, trigger people, trigger events, make things happen, but then move on. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, manifestors are maybe not so set up to have to be in a situation where they have to continually keep producing in the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, he's got just one, one of these motor centers turned on, the heart, which is very powerful, but the heart doesn't want to keep it wants to campaign for something, and then it needs to sort of take a rest. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he's, you know, he's got this cycle built into his, into his makeup, um, where he's really here to initiate things. Maybe not so much to be the, you know, it's like it's like cardinal energy if we wanted to, you know, make an astrological um, equivalency. Okay. So, you know, manifestors have a, have a very cardinal energy to their to their energy signature. Okay. All right. So, so what uh, what type is is do you think the most contrast to that maybe that we could look at? Um, well, well, I think then what we should do is go to a straight generator chart. Okay. Um, which would be Oprah's chart. Yeah. And here, hang on. Very timely for her because she's having her last. I think her last show is today or yesterday or. Oh, something. is it? Yeah, I, I I stopped watching TV. Years. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have TV either, but it's uh it, yeah it's it's been out there. I just have been seeing that in the news, so I have to look well, up the exact day. Her chart is is very interesting to me on a number of levels too, because um, and especially when I look at her Chiron themes and and how she's played out her Chiron themes, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So so Oprah's chart, <clears throat> Oprah has the um the the red square down towards the bottom of the chart, the generating center is turned on um, in her chart. So, um, and, and, and neither that nor the heart nor the solar plexus nor the root make it up to the throat. So she's a pure generator kind of chart. So generators are really set up energetically to, first of all, the, that generating center has the it's turned on 24/7. That is, this is a person who has access to energy, life force energy at all times. And so this is, you know, this this um, generator chart. You could again, in a way, compare to a sort of fixed energy where it's the fixed signs that often carry things through. Mm-hmm. You know, carry the energy of the project through to its completion. Right. Um, she's got enduring energy, mm-hmm. um, and and but the thing about uh, a generator type is that they're really their key to success is that 
they're really here to sort of be in the bliss, <clears throat> find the bliss of waiting and let things come to them where they can then get a gut response to entering, to whether they should enter into um, the experience. Mm. And then once they get that gut response, it's like this generator turns on and they've just got this energy and they can really, you know, just keep things going. So, you know, <clears throat> generators, generators in general, the vast majority of people on Earth, mm -hmm. um, they're sort of the workhorses, um, the, 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 the builders um, on the planet. So, you know, the, the not so happy part of being a, a generator and what I see a lot in clients or, you know, in, in Western society is how many generators are here, you know, because we have the energy to do the work. People pile the work on us and we just do it. Yeah. But, it's, but it may not be work that we really have gotten a gut response to where, you know, where the gut's really expanding and saying, yes, this will, this will feed my life force energy. And we get involved doing things that sort of deplete us and we're just doing everybody else's work. Right. And that's sort of, you know, the, the image of the stressed out secretary mm -hmm. who's, who keeps having the boss keeps, you know, the manifestor boss keeps walking by and piling, you know, oh, here, do this. And here's another project and do this. And, and, and the secretary just keeps saying yes, you know, yes, and takes that on and takes that on. And, and it's like this fried at the end of every, every day. Yeah. So, you know, the, the real wisdom around, you know, generators is, is, getting in touch with that gut response and really feeling, oh, oh, yes, I, this is something that I have energy for that will, this will be a win-win situation. And also getting clear about when it's a no and, and saying no. Because mm -hmm. there's lots of generators. There's, there's always somebody that that job is going to feed their energy. But it may not be you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So Oprah, so, you know, Oprah's got this, you know, anyone, I, I mean, this person, does she does she ever quit? You know that's that's uh, my 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 um, impression of her is that this is someone who is always working on something. Yeah, I mean she's a force of nature, no doubt. And and I had just been looking at her natal chart for uh, a tutorial I was doing, and uh, she does have a lot of fixed energy. She's yeah. got oh. uh, she's got seven uh, fixed things in her chart. So yeah. a lot of Aquarius and Scorpio going on, um, and Leo actually. So those are the three of the four fixed signs she's got. So yeah, yeah I mean, like what you had said earlier, there's there are connections, and these things will reiterate each other. It yeah. seems like yes. Well, and there's also a way when you know both astrology and human design, you would say when you were you know, you saw her de human design, and then you look at her astrology, and you say, well, this really, her astrological signature really backs up this energy, so this generating energy is even more empowered, because you can also be someone with a whole lot of mutable energy and be a generator, too, and, it, and the way it actually runs may, may be, it, there would be a difference in the way it runs. Yeah, right. That you would, that you would then see. So with Oprah, Oprah's also got the crown and Ajna center um, hooked up. Mm -hmm. She's got it hooked up through this very rare channel. Again, it's this individual channel, and it's this channel of, of basically inner truth. Mm -hmm. so, so she is, you know, she is constantly refining 
um, this channel is constantly refining the information to come to, to greater and greater truth. Um, and and people that have this channel, um, which again, my partner has this, and I'll just say, the people I know that have this channel, they have great BS detectors. Yeah. Um, they, when no matter who the person is, what their credentials are, if they say something that is not, there's something off about it, it will bug these people. And it will go around in their head over and over again <laughs> until they get at exactly what it is. That's that right. Is, yeah, that she's is, an interviewer. Yes, and, she, and, <laughs> and won't leave it alone. Yeah. You know, for me, there's, there's this pressure in her chart because she's got those two centers turned on, but they don't connect to the throat. Mm-hmm. So, so I would say for Oprah as a person, and this may not be something that we would be aware of, but my guess would be that for Oprah as a person, there is a whole lot of inner pressure to express what it is that she's getting personally. And it's not always successful for her. Yeah. And yet, so, but when we look at her throat, she's got an undefined throat, but she's got a whole bunch of activations in it. So, so on one level, you look at this and you say, well, this is a person who can speak with many different voices. Mm-hmm. And the centers that are undefined are also the places where we're reaching out to others. It's the place that we have sort of our gift for other people. And so, you know, what better setup for someone like her? She's, she is, gives voice to all kinds of other people. Yeah. And just plus the way her, she has so many, her throat reaches out in so many different ways. It's like each time she has an interviewer, each time she has someone come in that she interviews, they are hooking her up in some way. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that's remarkable about Oprah is that, you know, it's, it all depends on who it is she's interviewing, what comes out. Right. It's not often, I mean, my sense of her, and I haven't watched her, you know, in years, but when I did, my sense of her, uh, what I always admired about her was that I didn't feel like there was a lot of her own agenda mm-hmm. going on. She was always trying to bring out whatever, what was the message that this person had to give. Yes. Um, and, and in tremendously well set up um, to do this for people. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that, you know, I would speculate that on a personal level, this may be a place of frustration for her, of mm-hmm. really being able to voice what her stuff is she needs to be around the right people or in the right timing, having the right transits to have it hooked up so that she can actually say it. Yeah, that makes sense. It, you know, may not always be available for her. Right. Now, now the other really interesting t- thing to me about Oprah's chart is that she has a completely open heart. So, so you know, people with open hearts, well, <clears throat> they can be, um, um, the first thing is that <clears throat> they're, so, their center of willpower and ego is really hooked up on this etheric level. So these people can really channel through um, sort of the divine willpower. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's rarely, you know, they are rarely successful in sort of <laughs> trying to, you know, push their own stuff through. Right. But also can be extremely, anyone with an open heart, you know, they can spot a, an overinflated ego a mile away. 
And so how many times has Oprah met with these incredibly important people? You know, it's like open hearts, you're not going to impress them. They're not working on that, that whole level of ego and achievement that a lot of us are working with in some way. That's not what happens for them. That's not what's important. And so you can't, you can't impress them. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, she is such an example of that. And also the way she can deflate, you know, with a statement, you know, with, a, with an offhand statement or a, a, a response to someone who's sort of overdoing their thing, how she can sort of, you know, pop their balloon yeah. is pretty amazing. Right. And, and she's set up, you know, absolutely set up for that. So actually, it wouldn't, you know, it's what's kind of counterintuitive here to me is that her throat center, as you say, is undefined. And we would kind of think, well, that doesn't seem like a good thing for an interviewer. But as you've said, you know, she's, it's like allowing her to um, give voice for others. But as you cued in on as well, it might also be a point of, of frustration for her. And uh, so it's just because something is undefined does not mean bad. It doesn't equal, you know, not used or not, you know, not functioning. Yeah, no, no good or bad. Right. And there is no good or bad in human design. There's just, oh, look, this is, isn't this interesting how this, look at how this is hooked up. Yeah. And how this works. And, and everything has its, you know, as in everything, every, everything has its, its, you know, good points or bad points or, you know, easy parts or more difficult parts, you know, her, her throat's undefined. So she's not really here to, to put voice her own agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's powerfully set up to be a voice for, for everybody else. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what a gift and also sort of, you know, a certain amount of that personally might not be that easy either. Mm-hmm. Although I think that she's been very canny about the people that she's surrounded herself with. My speculation is that those people that are really close to her are people that are also hooking her up. Right. Because this is one of the things that happens, you know, when we feel this sparky energy with somebody that we meet. Well, a lot of times, if, I were, if we were going to look at the human design, it's, What's that? Those sparks that we're feeling are these undefined centers reaching out to another person's undefined center, and they get turned on for both per- people. Mm-hmm. And that's like you know that's what feels like love, or what feels like enmity, um, or just feels that you know that electrical. Um, they're actually called electromagnetic connections because mm-hmm. there is an electrical charge that happens when these things hook up. Mm-hmm. So you know, as humans our bodies are often bringing us into contact with people that turn these things on. And of course, that can also be, you know, a lot of times there are people that have their conscious sun in an undefined center. So, you know, in order for them to really feel like they shine in a certain way, they sort of have to be connected to somebody else who's like turning that center on. So oftentimes I find with clients, that are in relationships where it's like, you know, why am I in this relationship with this person? If I look at their human design, well, their human designs turn that sense, turn, you know, it turns the sun on for them. Yeah. And so on a genetic level, this person is a perfect match. And yet on a personality level, may, maybe not. Mm-hmm. 
So, so that's one of the one of the things about human design that I really like is like you can you can be aware of if this is your setup, you can kind of know oh I get attracted to these people because this tr- gets turned on for me and it feels really good, but I actually need to spend some time getting to know them to see is this person's personality and what they're doing in their life actually in alignment with who I am and what I'm doing in mine. Right. Because I can just move on. There, there are many other people that will hook this up for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, you know, but it can be confusing because I think we're so often taught you know, that those feelings are like, that's what true love is. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and yet human design would sort of say, well, no, this is sort of, these are your genes turning on. <laughs> and they really like that. Yeah. You know, and how many people have gotten pulled into marriages, you know, relationships and having children, and, and at a certain point they look at their partner and they're like, what am I doing with you? You are completely the wrong person for me. And yet it's been, it really, if you looked at it in a, from a human design standpoint, often it's that their genes actually pulled them together. Right. And so from a genetic standpoint, everything was great. You know, from a personality standpoint, not so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's lots of other layers, you know. There's, yeah, yeah personality, psychology, astrology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of it. And uh, so, yeah, I could see where, where that could happen. So oh. one, of, one of the charts that, you know, out of these um, ones that we have, I, I'd really like to look at Sandra Bullock's because hers right. is fascinating to me because of that lack of defined centers if, if i'm reading this right and although um and and sanders oh that was uh, the last thing I, I wanted to say about about uh, oprah which was which i just love her chiron theme mm-hmm. so first up until your chiron return you're operating from the unconscious chiron um placement so her unconscious chiron is in the hexagram of ambition so you really can look at her and say up until her 50th birthday or her Chiron return and there was this there's been this theme of ambition um, going on for her and yet at her Chiron return where it shifts to her conscious Chiron is in the 61 which is up in the crown center which is this hexagram of inner truth mm-hmm. and so I would speculate that for for Oprah since her Chiron return and for the rest of her life the path that her life really goes on is this path of seeking greater and greater and higher levels of truth. Hmm. That this really becomes, you know, the, the, the big driving force for her. And, and even though I haven't watched her in the last couple of years, this is actually my sense of, of where she's been going. You know, it's like she, she's no, she's in the last few years, she's been much more concerned with, what she's what she puts out that it's uplifting and helps people to move forward in some way right rather than just you know ex, um bringing some something to light but it's it's actually got to be something that's that brings that moves people in a positive direction yeah which is an incredible expression of her chiron right right <clears throat> so i'm sorry for that no that's good digression <laughs> So, um, so Sandra's chart, um, and 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 so there's um, there is a place here where, again, I um, and a number of the things that I've said go against 
what the main school of thought in human design is. And so, you know, if you're somebody who already knows human design and I've, I've stepped all over your um, sacred cow, I, <laughs> I don't really apologize, but I give you compassion. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Sandra's chart, um, when we look at it in a standard way, is a reflector chart. Every, um, every center is undefined. So, so, you know, first of all, people that have a lot of undefined centers, I mean, talk about <clears throat> this is a genetic disposition to compassion because every center is connecting with everybody else around you. And it's sort of these uh, an undefined center, um, and I think if I remember right, you're emotionally undefined. Is that is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. And and I am too. And so and so um, and you and I share a lot of similarities in our charts. So as being emotionally undefined, one of the things that human design will tell us is that when you get a big rush of emotion, look around because chances are it's not actually yours. Mm-hmm. You're, you're feeling what somebody else around you is feeling, which can be great, you know, in a, in a, in a counselor-client kind of um, situation. You can, you know, as counselors, we actually, we can feel what that person emotionally is feeling mm-hmm. and, and operate from there. Of course, it can be very confusing when we're young because we think that's us. Yeah. And then you try and own those emotions in some way and assign a reason and, you know, you can take yourself off on big spins. Right. So, so, you know, these undefined centers are the places where we're often feeling what is going on for everybody else. And the wisdom is to sort of step back and watch it. And you can become very wise about what is going on in the world around you in terms of, you know, in those, those areas. Um, but it's not necessarily our job to take care of it. Right. It's not ours to really work with, um, and and to and and, it's, and those undefined centers are the places where we're learning, you know, oh, how much of this, this is this is this is the school I'm going, going to, you know, how much of of emotion, this whole area of emotion, do I need to own and work with as mine, and how much can I just look at and say, oh, isn't that interesting? This is what this is what the collective is feeling right now. Yeah. And I can I can just be really aware of that. And, sort of be very compassionate about it, but not have to feel like it's, it's not mine. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's a, a reflector where every center is undefined, so, you know, she is, she is reaching out to the environment in every different way. Um, of course, it's, in, a, in a sense, it's a beautiful setup for, for an actor because um, she absolutely can, could, can play or feel anything um and and um and also i would say on a personal level extremely challenging because you know as as my teacher might say with her you know emotional center undefined so she doesn't really know what she knew what she feels the heart center is undefined she doesn't know what she wants the the g center or the self center is undefined she doesn't know who she is so mm-hmm. so she gets all of that from her the relationships that she's in. Mm-hmm. So that's somebody who's got to be, this is someone who's got to employ a great deal of trust in terms of, because who they come into contact with is who they become in a certain way and where they get pulled. 
So I think Sandra's had a certain amount of real heartbreak in her life. Yeah. Around, um, and I and I think it's not just a one-way street because she has an undefined self-center. So who she is is very much open to change. Mm-hmm. You know, people like you or I who have defined self-centers, we've kind of been the same. You know, if if the way we express it may change over time, but there's this sense of who we are that's really, it's, it's always been very concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it goes a, a certain way, but people that have that self-center undefined or open, they really have all the possibilities of who they could be are constantly shuffling through. And so for somebody who falls in love with someone who's got an undefined self-center, well, who is it that you're falling in love with? Because this person is, by definition, their sense of self is going to continue to change and change and change. Yeah. And so if you're not good with change, you're suddenly going to wake up one day and this person is not going to be the person you fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that she's had a certain amount of, of you know, love mishap. Well, it's interesting, too, that she's known as kind of um, America's sweetheart, you know, one of them. Uh, she's she plays that role and uh, it's a lot about what people feel from her that they've projected perhaps that she is yeah. uh, due to this kind of phenomenon of being the reflector you know, Absolutely. That, that really that word really kind of sums it up she's reflecting uh, what everybody wants to see in her yeah. uh, which you know a lot of you could say that about a lot of famous people but um, she does seem to have that quality and she does to me, she's uh, she kind of morphs into different things over time. She's you know not always the same, but um, she's definitely uh, you know if if you look at what's going on in her relationship life, um, that would that would link up to a lot of what you've been saying here. And also, you know, I can't think of many actors where if you just take the word compassion. Mm-hmm. That is really something that, that I always get from her. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. when, no matter what character she's playing, there is this emanation of compassion that is coming from her. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosalind Carter is another um, reflector. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, it, you know, and their energy is it's, they, it's a very soft energy. Yeah. You know, and, they also, and they also can get pulled around by all the rest of us that have a lot of energy running. Well, they can really get pulled around by us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now the, the, the caveat I have about Sandra's chart, which is very interesting, is that her Chiron is in the 22nd hexagram in the solar plexus, which actually connects to um, the 12 up in the throat, which would make her, which would, if we included Chiron and said, yes, it is a real planet, it, 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 it's legitimate in the chart, it hooks the, it turns the emotional center and the throat center on and makes her emotional, an emotional manifester. Hmm. Which I also, when I look at her, I say, I mean, that there, to me, you cannot, human design brings Chiron in as a sort of theme, but then refuses to acknowledge it as a legitimate placement. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, to me, there really is a, a theme in her life about, you know, there is this emotional manifester energy, and she has certainly made a lot of things happen right. in, her, in her career. So for me, I am not, um, I am not totally 
sold on the fact that she's a, re- a truly a reflector. Mm-hmm. And I actually am not so very sold on the fact that maybe anybody is. Because mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, a, it's a tiny percentage, it's less than 1%. Every client I've had who ha- it has a reflector chart, if you pull Chiron and maybe, you know, Juno or Pallas, you know, any one of the, you know, four big asteroids in, they get hooked up in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and when I look at their charts that way, it makes sense. So I don't know that I've really run into any true reflector yet. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, so we've got, uh, we still well, have... I think, I think that the other one that might be, well, um, we actually both of them are kind of and, yeah. <laughs> and since they were both at odds with each other, yes. let's let's just look at Donald Trump just for a second because yeah. he's he's just there's there's some funny. Stuff. We don't want to give him too much, you know. <laughs> we're, we're going we're going to I, I'm just going to I'm going to bash him a little bit. Yeah, why not? He's easy. But, but and also just say you know the guy the guy is the guy really is set up to do this and um, maybe if he were brought up in a different um, society if he had been brought up in in an Eastern society where meditation. And, and self, you know, self-knowledge had been, a, had been a real important thing. It might manifest in a different way, but he was brought up in the good old USA. Yeah. So this guy has, it's, it's a manifesting generator chart. Mm-hmm. He's got the heart hooked up straight to the throat. So ego and willpower hooked up straight to the throat. Does this guy, you know, I mean, is he not just a walking um, he, his his ego and willpower are constantly being broadcast. Yeah. Um, emotions going straight to the throat, um, and on a completely unconscious channel. So this guy is highly emotional, and yet I would say half the time he doesn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, his whole emotional hookup, because his his sacral center hooks up to the emotional center, um, and then that hooks up to the throat. It's it's completely unconscious. So I, on one level, I'd say this guy comes from a very emotional family. You know, his, his family have been these people that blast out a lot of stuff. Yeah. But in his life, he puts stuff forth in a very emotional way that he is probably not aware of. Probably not the most um, easy person to live with or be with. <laughs> hard, hard to imagine. <laughs> um. And then the other channel he's got is he's got this channel that runs from the mind center to the throat, and it's, it's on the logical side of things, and it is sort of like the great debater's channel. I mean, this guy can come up with an answer for anything. You don't want to get into, a, into an argument or debate with him mm-hmm. because you'll never, you will never win. Well, what struck me with the with the whole birther thing and the birth certificate was that in that interview with uh, I think it was Meredith Vieira, it was on the Today Show. Um, he just can make anything sound convincing, yeah. even even if it's complete garbage. Absolutely, he can make it sound a hundred percent convincing, yeah. and he kind of like pounds you into submission yeah. as he's talking to you. Yeah. So so it was an interesting response that people had to that interview because you know Meredith, she's a pretty tough interviewer, and she kind of was a bulldog with him and, and fired back quite a bit, but didn't, couldn't quite get, you know, get him to back down or anything, you know, so it was really hard. And then people 
all responded and said, you know, we'd really like to see some proof for some of these big claims that he's making. And so they did the research and it's like, you know, a lot of what he was saying was really unfounded. Of course. And just completely hot air. Yeah. So he can make it sound really good. And and the interesting thing for me, too, is that this channel is his unconscious Venus connecting with his conscious Venus. Mm -hmm. So what gets said is in some way very appealing. Yeah. You know, even when we don't like it, (laughs) you know, those of us that really haven't liked what he was putting out, it was like, I I hate what you're saying, but why? But I'm paying attention to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny. I mean, he's really got that, you know, and I attribute this a lot to his, uh, I do think he has a Leo rising. I know that there's some question about that, but that makes more sense to me. And he's got Mars very close to the ascendant. So uh, it's just really all Mars Leo coming right off the surface there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in his chart too, you know, he's, he's a manifesting generator. So he's a generator chart. So, you know, the wisdom here is, is you know wait to wait to to you know to to get a gut response before you act and then he's also emotionally defined which adds this whole other level because people that are emotionally defined need to sort of go through making snap decisions or just a, a quick comeback with things not always the best thing for them they want, kind of want to go through an emotional wave with things and come to clarity emotional clarity before they act on things mm-hmm. so he's really got a design that's saying you know, you need to take your time and wait before you do these things. And yet these, uh, these motors, uh, the emotional center and the, and the willpower center, are hooked up straight to the throat on their own. And, the, and the, uh, the, the generating center, that gut response is unconscious. So I would say it's very rare that this guy does ever really wait. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's constantly putting stuff out there. And so that's also why he puts stuff out there and it doesn't stick or it's, you know, it gets, it gets, he gets, it it comes back at him in some way. Mm -hmm. Because when you're really, you know, one of the beautiful things about human design is that when you're really working with your energy type, you know, we're, we're all here to, and this is one of the things I thought about our astrology too. You know, we each are, a um, essential, needed, and unique answer to a specific question and need that's been asked in, in the universe. And when we are really running our authentic energy, we're in that right timing and everything is supported. You know, if we're in that universal timing, every, all the doors just swing open, all the lights turn green. So this is one of the things for me about people finding out, learning their own personal human design and where, how that works because when you start working from the right, being in your right timing, it is amazing how things will work in your life. And, and, and you will find yourself saying yes to things that your mind might say, that is insane, <laughs> that will never work out. And yet you get, you know, if, you're, you know if, if it's your gut that you're supposed to be coming from and you get that gut yes, what happens is that every door opens up and magically it all works out for you even though it looks like it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really been my, um, that's been my own personal experience because, um, again, you and I share this sort of, you and I both have the, the sacral and the spleen defined and that's our inner truth comes from this place of 
getting a getting a gut response and having having this intuition feed it. Yeah. And so any time that we get a gut yes and our intuition is saying yes to something, no matter how crazy it may look to anybody else, it works. Yeah. You know, but but the other times if we're coming from a place of in our mind of oh this is the plan and this is how that's supposed to work and we and it, you know you can always override what your body's trying to tell you we can find ourselves in some very interesting places. <laughs> interesting is interesting nice. in the chinese yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> been there uh, yeah so, yeah so that's you know to me that's that's the the, the really i mean there, there there are so many levels of of information and value in human design but that's really to me the the most basic and important one is people connecting to you know who am i energetically in the world how does my energy work how do i how because the world needs each one of our energy types desperately mm-hmm. but you know we're not always placed in the right place right. we're not always in the right jobs um but but when when we get in tune with that we can put ourselves in the right place, in the right time. And, and then we're not only serving ourselves, but we're serving the world. Yeah. That's, and, and now I will step down off the pulpit. <laughs> but that was a beautiful summation, I think, of both how human design and astrology and all these other systems can help us to do what we're here to do. Oh, and so I'm sorry, if, if we have time, I would love to just go very quickly Obama. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to do that. So, so let's take so, a look. So um, now when people first look at um, their human design charts, of course, we are all, um, you know, this American society is very much about um, quantity over quality. And, you know, yep. how much of this do I have? And so a lot of times when I find people first seeing their chart, you know, they'll say, oh, my God, I only have I only have two centers turned on. I only have one channel. That's like when people freak out about empty houses and astrology. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the, oh the, the, there's nothing going on in my chart. Oh, no. My, you know? my seventh house of partnership is empty. Oh. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so doesn't mean you won't have relationships. Let me tell right. you. Yeah. So, you know, the president of the United States has only one channel activated in his chart. Only two, two centers turned on. Um, everything else is is undefined. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, um, has this person made something of their life? You know, yeah. <laughs> has he come a long way from his origins? Right. Yeah. You know, so so that's there's there's he's to me in a lot of ways he he's a great answer to to this this question about when people look and freak out at their charts. Mm-hmm. You know, this this guy has has um, has one channel activated in his chart, um, and it, it it runs from the root to the to the solar plexus. So, you know, sort of from from the the the, the adrenal glands and and outer survival pressures to the emotional center. That's <laughs> that's what's turned on for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, the the channel itself can be very much about um, being sort of, um, well, the, the, the 41 in the root is, is the hexagram of decrease. 
Mm-hmm. And, and then the third E is the hexagram of desire. So it's sort of like on one end of this channel, there's like all these things I want to do or want to have, and yet the energy is, it's very low energy. Mm. And so there's a lot of imagination that has to get involved in terms of how do I, how do I actually make any of these things manifest? And so this is, a, this is an extremely, it's, it's sort of the, the visionary imagination channel, you know, and, and, and is this guy, has this guy been a, a certain kind of visionary? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I would say he really is. Yeah. Um, he's type-wise, he is a projector type. So, you know, projectors, very interesting um, designs, you know, projectors are really here, again, these are people that are naturally set up to be management, um, to, to sort of tell the, the energy types around them how to best run their energy. And, and they're, 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 they're great guides, teachers, counselors, oftentimes that's where you find them. A lot of times artists also mm-hmm. will, will be projectors, and yet their life is, it's all about relationship because for a projector they basically are waiting first of all to sort of be recognized for their expertise in whatever field they they you know developed their natural inclination towards there's there's a natural um there's sort of a natural gift to develop a great amount of expertise mm-hmm. in something um, for projectors and and they almost always de- go into one field or another and then really get deeply into it. Um, and so it's like, it's like needing to be acknowledged as an expert in some way and then in being invited in to actually give their expertise out. So for projectors, it's a lifetime of relationship mm-hmm. because they're only, it's only really working for them when they're working in relationship with others. I mean, who is a teacher, a mentor, or a guide without a student? Yeah. So, um, and and um, and so this guy, uh, one of the things for me, his conscious son, is in the thirty-third hexagram. The thirty-third hexagram is the hexagram of retreat. So, this guy, his uh, sort of one of the main energies in his chart, is this energy of needing to actually detach and remove himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's. His son is actually in the sixth line of that hexagram. So that is like the ultimate authority in being able to step away from something, take the time, and then come back with the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so his, his son is in the gate of retreat. His earth is in the gate of approach. So, so there's, this, there's, this, there's this movement that is, is um, there's actually genetically indicated in his, in his chart about always sort of coming in and engaging and then having to pull back. So, so, of course, he gets knocked a lot about why isn't he taking action right now? Yeah. And yet he, I think, has actually, Obama, I think, is incredibly canny about somehow he has an innate knowledge of how it really works for him best. Mm-hmm. And he will not let himself be pushed. Right. Um, and, and it's sort of like, it, to me, he, there is this, I think this guy has an incredible 
um, actually a genetic gift for timing built into his chart. And so um, this is someone who I would never, no matter how it may look in the moment, I would say that this is a person who time after time, what happens is that he ends up being the right person in the right place at the right time, and it works for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that this is, you know, um, um, just, you know, going out on a, on a limb uh, politically, I say this is someone who is going to be extremely difficult to defeat because he just is, as long as he listens to himself and is in his, is in his is, is, you know, being inside himself, which I've, all the reports that I've heard is that he takes in a lot of input from other people, and yet it's very hard to sway him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that this, he's learned that this really is how it works for him in his life. And, and he comes back with the right answer at the right time. Yeah. And yeah. yet there is, with all, these, with all these undefined centers, he's also getting jerked around by people a lot. And, and having to, again, he's got an undefined throat. So this, this man is actually beautifully set up to be a voice for the people. Mm-hmm. And I would say he's had frustration uh, or has frustrated both sides. Of, of course, the Republicans aren't going to like him, but, yeah. you know, the Democrats have been just as frustrated with him Absolutely. for non-action. Yeah. You know, and not progressing as fast as as the left would like. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I say that as a, a lefty yeah. <laughs> for the most part, but I'm well, kind me of... too. He drives me crazy. I mean, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a complete progressive or radical. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, you know, I'm 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 kicking him all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, but at the same time, I look at his human design. And I'm like, well, this is this is really in our wisdom. This is who we brought in for this period of time. And I think. We really did need somebody who was um, a, a, a wonderful manager, mm-hmm. more than somebody who was going to be a manifester and bring us and trigger a whole bunch of new stuff. Did we want Donald Trump as president? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I think also Bush. I actually think that George Bush, George Bush is either a manifester. I think he's an emotional manifester. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, how many how many things did he trigger and get us into? Yeah. You know, so after a manifester, after eight years of manifester, we want a projector to come in and sort of like, okay, now let me try and administrate and bring this, you know, bring order to the chaos that's been created. Right. I mean, he he was definitely the decider, but you know, <laughs> he decided <laughs> us know. decided us right into a few bad right. bad decisions. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that this this sheds a whole different light on Obama for me. So thank you. Uh, that's this is good, and uh, I will perhaps be more forgiving the next time I want to kick him. <laughs> well, for me, I would just say, you know, the whole thing when I look at Obama's chart, you know, in a human design way, I just look at people and I say, you know, you just gotta you just gotta wait and see what actually comes out of this. Yeah. And, and the way it looks right now is unlikely to be how we're going to look back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but also, you know, with that projector energy, it's not, a, it's not a hugely energetic chart. So he can get bowled over. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, you know, there's, 
there is there is that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. The sh- Again, the I, side, yeah. I, you know, the other thing that I that I really see about him is that. Um, again, in his Chiron theme, his unconscious Chiron is in the 37, which is the, the, the gate of family. And if we, if we include Chiron in his chart, that turns his heart center on. Mm-hmm. And so I think when, and see, I'm, I'm on this campaign of, I want to include, I include Chiron. Yeah. So to me, up until his 50th birthday, there's been a lot of exercise in terms of willpower and ego in his life. Right. Um, but what happens at his Chiron return is that that turns off and it goes into the 55th hexagram, which is the hexagram of abundance, which is also where Neptune is as we're, you know, as we're coming into the, the election. And, and it's in the sixth line, it's, it's, it, and the sixth line is selflessness, you know, this abundant selflessness. Right. Um, and, and I just think that this timing and what is going on with this Chiron theme, this is somebody who, um, you know, whatever he does as president, what happens after he leaves the presidency, um, I think that he's going to make, um, I suspect he's going to make Jimmy Carter look like a selfish guy <laughs> mm-hmm. in, his, in his later life. Yeah. I, that that's a very good, I think, prediction because once he gets out of this straitjacket of having to be the president of the United States, I, I see the the second half of his life being very fruitful in terms of the work he can do and what he he's going to have to offer. Yeah. I think we all kind of know that about him. Yeah, you know? and I also, to me, there's something he said right at the very beginning of his pre- presidency that I always go back to when people criticize him or when I get grumpy about him is that, you know, right in the very beginning, he gave a speech and he said, you have to make me do what we want to do. It's, it, and, and in these times when we are going from the Piscean age, where, where it's all about having a savior to save us, mm-hmm. and into the Aquarian age where it's, let's all carry our own water of consciousness and and be our own savior. Um, this is someone who I think really is is one of the first embodiments of this energy of why should we be looking to him to solve all of our problems? Mm-hmm. Isn't it really up to us to get together as community, you know, uh, the Aquarian theme, and and bring a more egalitarian um, society forward from the bottom up? And then they, and then those people who sit at the top have to put those changes into effect. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's it, this is we we have given ourselves a beautiful lesson in working away from Pisces and into Aquarius, mm-hmm. and and taking taking our own responsibility for where we head. So, yeah. And now I'll step off my pulpit around that. <laughs> But it it really does give pause, you know, to look at the charts, uh, the human design charts in in contrast to the natal chart. And um, because if you just think of Obama as a Leo, 
you know, it doesn't really quite, well, of course, that's just sun sign astrology. But if you were to look at his whole chart, you know, there's a lot of different things going on. But human design adds a whole other piece of information and perspective. Yeah. Well, and that whole thing of, you know, so if you want to look at him as a Leo, you could say, well, you know, one of the raps on Leo is it's all about them. Mm -hmm. But what human design says is genetically, this guy, it is, it's, it, it, it can't be all about him. Yeah. It is, it really is undefined throat. He's not here on his own agenda, mm -hmm. you know, undefined heart, same thing. He's, he is really here working with, and, and all those, all those centers being undefined. So they're, they're constantly taking information in. He is constantly gathering in what does the collective want and need to have happen mm -hmm. and working with it. So I would say that there really isn't a lot of his own agenda going on. He's really trying to work it out. What is the best for everyone? And which is, of course, what drives us crazy about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I want you to do... I want you to take these bold steps and, you know, I want you to move society in this progressive direction. Yeah. You know, and then there's the other, the, the, the other side that's saying, you know, you are going way too fast or way too far. And how dare you take these, these socialist steps, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and I think this is someone who is very powerfully in touch with all those currents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been just a wonderful uh, look at human design. And I'm glad that we had all these charts to to dish about. It was just great fun. And I am really thankful to you for coming on and sharing your thoughts. And um, I'm going to uh, post all these charts and, of course, all the information for you and how people can get a hold of you um, on the site. And uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Do you prefer email, phone, through the website? What's, what's well, the best um, way? So um, you can, my email address is great, which is hal at souljourneydesign.com. Mm -hmm. um, I also list my phone number on my website. It's, um, I'm happy to have people call me. I don't guarantee that I'm going to answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm often, I'm actually busy these days, so I am often actually already on the phone with a client. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I, I love to, to talk to people and um, am, am very motivated to, um, I really love, I really have a passion for the work that I'm doing these days. Um, and, and at the risk of, um, once again, um, um, snowing myself under, because I did this with Benjamin and I want to, I want to do it with the people who listen to you too. Okay. Um, I am so, um, this really is a, a, a passion and cause in my life about people getting in touch with just even the, the most basic elements of their human design. And so um, I, I, I stick myself and my time out there and say, if you email me with your birth information, your um, birthplace, birth date, the time, if you have it, human design doesn't actually work with angles, so it can be a little more flexible if you don't know exactly what time you were born. Mm -hmm. If you email all of that stuff to me, I will, um, it, it, um, I will send you your personal human design chart with um, a, a, a sort of medium length write-up because I can't manage to condense it into, into just a few lines in terms of just sort of the couple most important things um, in terms of running your energy. Yeah. And um, I will do that for you for free. That is an awesome offer. And uh, I hope... And just know that the last time when I did this on Benjamin's, I got... 
um, I had an overwhelming response, and so um, and I have to limit I, I have to limit how many of these I will do in each day. So you um, if you if you feel motivated, send me that email immediately because <laughs> you'll be higher on that list. But it may take me a few weeks. Yeah. To get yeah. back to you, but I will get through all of them. So just and be you'll patient. Have something that will be of value. <laughs> that that's great, and I appreciate you doing that. And um, yeah, so take advantage of that audience. And uh, and again, thank you so much for being on, Hal. It's been great. Thank you. Any any excuse to get to to um, interact with you, I I love you so much, Dina. Oh, thank love you, you too. For what you do. In the world. <laughs> thank you, Hal. All right. All right. Be well, everyone. 